Hey y'all, this is your host, Elise Robinson, with Nobody Wants to Work Though podcast. I hope these stories will inspire you to switch careers. I was an auditor in my past life, and now I'm in tech. And let's get to it. We are Switch Into Tech, tech resources to accelerate your career in information technology. Monthly classes on tech topics. We offer free or discounted exam vouchers, scholarships, free Udemy courses, free events, free boot camps, and more. You can find us at www.switchintotech.org. Hey, y'all, this is Elise Robinson with the Nobody Wants to Work Though podcast. Today, we have Marta, and she is going to tell us about her career switch story. Go ahead and do an introduction, Marta. Yeah, so um, I am, um, who am I? I was a teacher, and now I am a content writer um, working in um, B2B SaaS world. Um, I do content marketing in the B2B SaaS space. Um, and yeah, so um, a little bit about my background. Um, I was kind of, so I was an English major. Um, and I won't, I, won't, I won't take you all the way uh, from college, but um, just I was kind of one of those English majors who was like, I don't know what to do with my degree um, and kind of fell into teaching as a lot of us do um, because we're told like that's one of the like things we can do one of the few things we can do with our English degrees um, and so I started teaching um, English as a second language online to adults and uh, I did that for about six years um, and yeah and I, and I loved it and I loved my students a lot um, and I had students from around the world which was my favorite part, um, just getting introduced to all these cultures and all these different people. Um, I also taught a little bit in the classroom um, and that was really, that was a great experience too. Um, but I like, especially at, like towards the end of the six years, I kind of started to realize there was a bit of a like misalignment in my my personal, like my personality and also um, my, you know, energy level, my, basically my capacity. <laughs> there was a misalignment um, between that and um, the, what, what teaching really requires, I think. I don't think I was like, I don't think I'm a very natural teacher. Um, I think, um, and it was, it was getting exhausting <laughs> and um, also, I discovered that I am most likely on the autism spectrum. So, which when I discovered that, I was like, oh, wow, that, this makes my life <laughs> make so much sense. But um, it also was really clear that, like, I needed a different <laughs> kind of career that wasn't, uh, you know, so... Um, so people facing, so um, so social. Like I needed a little bit more um, control over my schedule. I needed a little bit more control over my environment. I was, I was really looking for like a, a quiet remote <laughs> kind of setup. Um, and that's kind of how I, you know, that's what really pushed me to uh, look more into writing as a job 
um, because I'd always wanted to be a writer or, you know, get paid to be a writer, but kind of put it on the back burner and also was like, eh, I don't know if I can make money doing that. And then I was just getting so burned out. I was like, no, we're doing it. Like <laughs> we we're giving ourselves no choice. Like we have to do this for our, our health and, um, and yeah. Um, so that's kind of my, my journey in a, in a nutshell. <laughs> there's, there's more to it than that, but yeah. No, definitely. Um, I can relate. I've done <laughs> ESL online for adults. I actually liked it, but I, I, I do like teaching to an extent. Um, I don't know if I would be able to do it, um, you know, 40 hours a week. Um, I do it once a month. I do a monthly seminar where I do uh, one of my most popular ones is live resume reviews and live LinkedIn reviews. And I do that for free. That's my give back. So that's my my volunteering for the month. Um, so, uh, and that's like an hour and a half. I don't know if I would be able to do it for 40 hours a week. So I, <laughs> so more power to you on that. Uh, what else did you say? How did you go about thinking or did you ever get diagnosed with with autism because there was a lady that came to me not that long ago and she was like um I think I have autism but you know most of the resources are for for children because I mean most most people get diagnosed in their as children nowadays but um you know it wasn't a thing back when we were children so that's why um so yeah that's that's my question yeah. Well, um, I am not diagnosed, um, which is really common uh, among the adult autistic population. Um, and, um, and yeah, like, like that, that lady told you, um, it's a lot of resources are dedicated to children. They're also um, a lot of what we, a lot of our, like, diagnostic criteria are based on little boys <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah and that was the other thing mm -hmm. yes and so women the way autism presents in women looks really different um yeah yeah so so and yeah so getting a diagnosis as an adult is is something I want to do eventually but it's 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 quite expensive it's it's like it's really hard to find someone who's willing to refer you for an assessment, it's it's a big challenge. Um, so that's kind of why there's so many of us walking around, set, you know, undiagnosed. <laughs> um, but you know, usually people, when when you know, you know. <laughs> I think. So. Yeah. No. No. Mm -hmm. You you know when something is wrong. I I will definitely agree with that. <laughs> right. Tells me something's wrong with me all the time, so I don't know. So I should go get checked out. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's just that's just you know siblings beating up on each other <laughs> oh yeah I can relate yeah yes um here's a fun one what did you want to be when you grew up yeah I well I wanted to be um like kind of a classic little kid you know I was I had a lot of you know I wanted to be a ballet dancer and and all these things I didn't even like ballet but I wanted to be a ballet dancer um I don't know very unrealistic um and but yeah I settled on writing pretty early I was like 
I loved writing in my diary. I pretended I was like Harriet the Spy and um, I just love to, to write, write poems and write little stories. And it's been kind of a lifelong passion. And um, I'm a big daydreamer, like kind of a mallet, one of those maladaptive daydreamers that you hear about that's like, like, oh, it's like, let's, let's get back into reality. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I still want to be that. <laughs> I still want to be a writer. <laughs> do it, do it. Um <laughs> I have a book. It's not. It's it's not anything that's like a story. Or anything. It's more so of a, a guidebook for uh for people that want to switch into a cloud career. It's actually called Nube Switch a Switch into a Cloud Career. Nube is Spanish for for cloud, so that's why I named it that. Um, cool. Yeah, you know, Mexico will always have a place in my heart. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean there's all different types of styles of writing. I mean, you don't even have to write formal. I mean, I've read dang good books. And I mean, I don't want to say it was all over the place, but it wasn't formal English. You know, they wrote how they talked and, you know, it was a story about their life. And I mean, it was very good because they walked in their purpose. Like they had all this struggle and all these things, but you know, at the end of the day, they were successful and they they just became what they wanted to be. And like I said, they walked in their purpose. It was a very good book. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just do it. I mean, you can literally just put a book out on Amazon. Like I, I can honestly <laughs> say I'm a, I'm a writer now because people have bought my book. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, even <laughs> writing a book before yeah exactly you're a writer for sure so um you don't know who wants to read your book okay just <laughs> write it <laughs> no you're so right I know yeah. um let's see you talked about where your career began you began as an English teacher and you know and I guess you you did touch on this one too you, you know what was the the major catalyst and you know, did you have support from your family? You know, you did teaching for a long time and, you know, they were like, are you crazy? You're going to be a writer now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, they were, I'm, I'm very lucky to have a, a supportive family. Um, I think I had spent like, you know, my twenties kind of being like in a constant career crisis of like, what am I going to do? Who, you know, what am I going to be? And um, when I think, I think I kind of chilled out <laughs> when I hit my thirties and was like, okay, um, I just want to do something that makes money. And like, I, I enjoy like, and not be like, Oh, get in my head about like, you know, how can, should I help people? <laughs> like helping people is great. But, um, you know, I, I think I just needed to kind of come down to earth a little bit. And, um, yeah. So when I decided I think when I decided like, okay, I'm going to pursue this, this career path, they were, they could tell that I was like really determined this time. It wasn't just like, you know, being a, a flighty <laughs> artist type. I was like, no, I'm, we're, I'm curious. Um, and so, yeah, they, they were really supportive and um, I'm very lucky. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, those good old 20s, you know, um, <laughs> you have your first crisis around maybe like 26, 27. Um, 
<laughs> yes. Um, you're like, okay, well, what am I, do I want to stay in this, you know, do I want to change it? Um, I, I've told this story before on my other podcasts, but, um, my boss, she was like, don't get the golden handcuffs. Cause you know, you make all this money, you start, want to start selling down, have a family, you know, the two and a half kids, white picket fence, all that good stuff. And she got in my head and I was like, yo, make sure this is something that you want to do because once you start making all that money, you know, it gets to where you can't leave, especially when you have responsibilities, you know, like the kids and, you know, all that good stuff. So I was like, mm, yeah, I'm not ready to do all that. <laughs> so, um, you know, that was around the time my mother got sick and stuff and I had to take care of her. So, I mean, that kind of, uprooted my life at the same time and was was a catalyst for me but I had been thinking about going overseas for a long time before that I had met some people that taught overseas you know the, the whole teaching ESL and all that good stuff and I was like you know what I want to go do that you know um you know my parents never left the country I want to I want to do it I want to do it and see what it's like <laughs> and you know experience all this good stuff so um and, you know, now that I'm in my 30s, it's like, mm, I don't care to be, you know, what's, what word am I looking for? You know, fleeting, I guess, you know, all over the place. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what yes. people see. I don't care what people think. And, you know, I'm going to try this. And if it doesn't work out, then, you know, I tried it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> um. All things come at a cost. Um, what did it cost you along the way? Um, you know, did you have to put up some money? You know, um, you know, did it cost any friendships, time? I mean, or was it an easy transition? Yeah, um, I think the biggest cost was a couple things, a few things maybe. Um, I really love my students so much. And, you know, I, a few of my students I've had for a few years and you, you know, you, you make these friendships, you get really attached. Um, and you also just feel like, you know, there's this identity you cling to as a teacher, like, Oh, I'm a teacher. And, you know, like I said, I'm helping people. Um, and it's, you know, and it's killing me, but <laughs> I'm helping people. Um, killing me is dramatic but it was you know it was wearing me out um but yeah I uh so I think and you know that there's there's those kind of like identity related and, and relationship related costs um and then yeah definitely money and, and time <laughs> um I um invested in uh, when I decided to transition from teaching to writing for BTV SAS, I was like, I was like, I think I know what I want to do, but I, I need some serious guidance. So I I signed up for this course called um called Acadium, the Acadium program, Acadium Plus program. And um it was kind of like a digital marketing course that lasted like um it lasted like three months, four months. And it had like, and we had, you know, we had coursework, we had um, in-person, uh, mentorship and group coaching. It was a, it was a great program and I, I, it really helped me get 
to where I am now. Um, and, you know, and that was just a few months. Um, so yeah, but that, but that costs money that costs time. Like I had to take kind of, I had to cut back on my teaching hours while I was doing that program and also energy, like doing that program and teaching like was, um, it, it was, I'm not someone who can do like a lot of different things at the same, like, I'm not, <laughs> I would love to be that person, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, those are the, yeah, those are the major costs, I would say. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people that can't do multiple things at a time either. Um, and right now I'm working, I'm getting my master's in, in data science, which is you, you have to practice all the time. So now I understand what people say. Oh, you know, I was like studying on my breaks because like, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm doing this uh, Udemy course right now to try to reinforce the concepts of, of my degree. And, you know, they're, they're broken up in between like one minute and, and 10 minute sessions. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I could, I could knock one out during my break. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so I get it now. I really get it. I'm like, oh, like, I know what they mean by I study during my break or my lunch or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I get it. I meant to ask you this in the beginning because you said it earlier. The B2B SaaS, what is that? Because, you know, of course, people won't know. Yes, yes. Um, so B2B SaaS uh, is business to business software as a service. Um, and so the agency I work for, um, they, uh, so they're called Flying Cat Marketing Agency, and they're based in Barcelona. And basically, they, um, they cater their services to B2B SaaS clients. So basically, software, um, software companies, companies that offer software, software services to um, uh, enterprise level clients or, or, you know, larger, medium, large, medium sized businesses. Um, and so what the agency does is um, offer specifically content marketing services. So we, um, you know, we don't do like social media and things like that. We just, we focus on helping people um, build organic traffic and build their organic traffic strategy and SEO and things like that. So um, that's kind of, that's what I am a part of. I, so I'm a writer. I, I don't do the strategy side of things. Um, but I mean, I, it helps to know a bit about strategy, but I'm not a strategist, thankfully. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I do. Um, just to add on to that, uh, uh, one of the biggest um, software as a services is Salesforce. And if you're thinking about getting into tech, Salesforce has free training, literally go to salesforce.com. And I think you training at the top, it's free. They even give discounted test vouchers. And I love me some Salesforce. That was one thing that I, I started studying um, like uh, back in 2020 when I thought about switching into tech. And figuring out that Salesforce is it, really good. And I mean, I, you see the jobs at like literally every organization. So if you don't want to do like computer science, literally, or, you know, programming, even though you can be a programmer, a Salesforce programmer, um, you can be a Salesforce administrator or a salesperson or something like that. Like they really have paths on their website. 
Um, so that's just a plug for Salesforce if if you want to switch into tech and, and get paid good, decent money and work remote. Because I, I, I have yet to see a, a job that is not remote for Salesforce, I think. <laughs> um, so yeah, just, just a plug there for people that, you know, since it's a career podcast. Um, <laughs> let me see. I, there's a big glare on my stuff. <laughs> um, uh, okay. You, you talked about the process a little bit. You took a course. Um, rewording of your resume. How did you reword your resume? How did you convince someone to take a chance on you? Yeah. Um, so that was a really helpful thing about the KDM program, the, the digital marketing program I was part of. Um, they helped us kind of all revamp our resumes. Um, and yeah, I, I sort of restructured my resume to focus on my um, projects I had been a part of um, and, uh, and results I had gotten along the way. So like measurable things I had, um, I had uh, done <laughs> as part of my um, previous job. So like, you know, before I got this job, I didn't have a lot of marketing related results, but I did have some because I had been writing a little bit for a, a teaching blog. So I was able to talk a little bit about like my, um, uh, let's see what it, I'm trying to remember. There's my, obviously I need to have a look at it, but, um, you know, I was able to talk about like paid views and, you know, um, ranking on, on, Google and things like that. Um, so, so, and my advice, yeah, that would be my advice to anyone too. Um, I know we're going to talk, talk about advice later, but um, is, yeah, really focus on measurable things you've achieved or helped someone do or time you've helped save someone, money you've helped save someone. Um, that's, that's kind of what helps me build a, helped me build a stronger resume. Um, what are some of the positives and negatives of your new career? Yeah, a lot of positives um, would be, so writing a lot. <laughs> I write um, all, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot more than I could ever imagined I would ever be writing. Um, and that's been just incredible learning process. Um learning, uh, learning about software, the software industry in general, learning how to talk and write about software. Um, specifically, I'm learning about HR software. That's kind of my focus at the moment. Um, and just, um, I work with editors and they're great and they just have helped me become a better writer and there's always room for improvement for sure. Um, and also working remote is great. <laughs> it's, it's really great for me. Um, just being able to like, you know, go. And I also have flex, a flexible schedule. So, um, you know, just being able to kind of create the day that I want and and take breaks as I, you know, when I want to and um, kind of control my environment. That's a big, <laughs> I think that's like a big thing about me as like an, as a person with autism is like, I really like to have control over my environment. Um, like I need, it needed to be very predictable. Um, and so that's been a really big 
a big plus of the job for sure. Okay. What about negatives? Can you say any negatives? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I didn't. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I was like, did she say this? Yeah, negatives. There's yeah, for sure. Um I would say um like I think the negative for me, it's more of a personal negative, which is I was kind of flying solo for so long um, that I, you know, and I was dealing with students and I would occasionally get feedback, um, but I wasn't working with a lot of feedback and people telling me like what I was doing wrong and you know, like how I need to improve. And that was a big adjustment for me moving into a company and agency was, um, yeah, I get feedback also all day, every day. I'm writing all day, every day, and then I'm getting feedback on what I do all day, every day. And at first it was like, it was hard. I was like, oh, wow, I'm not used to this whole feedback thing. And, um, uh -oh. oh, I'm sorry. I think it froze up on us. It, it says that the internet is bad on, on here. Just, just keep going. I'll cut it out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, so negatives. Um, uh, yeah. So getting critiqued it, it was something I just wasn't used to. So that's been a big adjustment. Um, I get critiqued a lot. Um, and yeah, but that's kind of the biggest negative I would say. That's funny because you, you're giving me flashbacks from when I was auditor. People think that, you know, accounting is one plus one equals two when audit is more so of law and research. Like, I mean, if if you wanted to say that a, a career that was very close to, to law, it would probably be audit because we're reading through, you know, uh, rules and procedures, laws all freaking day long. And then we go and see if it matches up, you know, like if it's the program, the service, if someone is doing their job correctly. Um, and then we come back and write a report about it. So I would write 50 page reports um, that no one would ever read because they're all secret. <laughs> um, but I hated someone like correcting me on my writing and say, hey, this might sound better or this sounds better. Um, I remember I had an argument with my uh, my boss and she didn't want to capitalize a title. And I'm like, ma'am, you have to capitalize people's titles. That's just a sign of respect. <laughs> so she went in there and changed it. And then I went in there and changed it, you know, and then the final report, it had um, the titles in there and stuff in capitals. But I'm like, you have to capitalize titles. You don't you don't do that. <laughs> um so yeah, I can I can imagine in writing like it's like okay your opinion against mine and that's why I never liked writing. I've always been a you know one plus one equals two person because no one can ever tell you that two you know one plus one doesn't equal two. But writing is subjective, and that's going back to what I was telling you about writing your book. I mean, you can write anything and it can be a bestseller, you know, because it's subjective as hell. <laughs> yeah, it it absolutely is. It is for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, just, just giving me some bad, bad memories. So yeah, I will say, I will say <laughs> being, being a writer, you know, like a researcher and stuff like that, that is one of the, the negatives of somebody coming through there with a red ink pen, um, or, you know, the, the, the squiggly line, or I forget what they call it in word and saying, you know, this is what it should be instead. <laughs> yeah, right. It, 
Yeah, it, it can be really tough. Um, I think that's not for every, definitely not for everyone. Like I've had uh, my, my boyfriend is like, like, he's like, I hated my compositions class, my composition classes in, in college. Cause like people were telling me like, you know, it's like people telling you that it doesn't sound good. And it's like, that's how I wanted it to sound. And it's like, <laughs> exactly. That's how I wanted it to sound. You can't, you can't knock me if we're in a creative writing class and this is my creativity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, what are some traits that would make someone successful as a content writer? Yeah. Um, so definitely being detail oriented. It's a very, very highly detailed, you know, well, like, you know, I don't want to say like tech, you know, tech or like programming, like I know those things are also highly detailed as well. Um, but yeah, it's, this is also one, another kind of highly detailed type of work. So um, that's a big, you know, a big, you know, that's a big, an important trait to have but it is something you can get better at too like um and and just um being able to do research being able to research well um and again being willing to learn how to get better at, at everything getting better at writing researching um right now um i'm gonna say with like the kind of um emergence of chat GPT and all this AI that's writing for us. Um, you know, people are, there's a lot of conversation about, oh, people are, you know, am I going to have a job as a content writer? And so one way, another skill that's important for writers now is making sure your writing is, you know, well-researched number one, and also that it has like cre creativity and narrative flow to it, um, kind of using storytelling um, more than we have maybe in recent years, because uh, AI robots—they're—they're <laughs> they're not. They can they can write a blog post, but they're not good storytellers. So um, that's that's a skill too that it helps to have. But again, these are all things that you know you can you can improve on over time. So yeah. I will have to say attention to detail is worse in audit than it could ever be in, in tech. Um, in tech, like if a if a comma or a space is out of out of whack or whatever, you can go in there and fix it, right? And you know, come back to it. Even if it crashed like the whole worldwide system, you can just go in there and fix it still, right? <laughs> but in audit, if you go into an audit meeting, and you're wrong, you will look like a damn fool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you have to dot your I's and cross your T's and make sure that you are 100% accurate. Otherwise, you will lose your respect. Um, so as an auditor, you know, I would have my coworkers check my work. I would have my boss check my work. Is this is this is this mean what it what I think it means, you know? Um, because yeah, you, you know, you go in there with the incorrect assumption, because you know, that's that's what it is to an extent, is an assumption. And you know, they they come back and say, hey, no, that's not it. That's not what the data says. You're gonna look like a complete ass. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I can imagine that being pretty stressful too. I think writing is a little more forgiving. Like, you know, if you, if you get things wrong, like we have editors, um, you know, if you, if you make grammar mistakes, that's what editors are for. And there's, you know, but like, you can make research mistakes and and like those are the ones like kind of like in auditing where it's like don't you're gonna look like a fool but and yeah I think it's not it's not as high stakes maybe as auditing which is which it might be nice for someone who's like trying to you know get away from a high stakes kind of <laughs> environment no it is very high stakes because you have to also remember like when you audit things like you you give an opinion and so you know I didn't do the type of audit where it was like financial statements and stuff like that. So it wasn't that high of a stake. But when you're talking about auditors that audit public companies for uh, stock markets and things like that, you know, like that, that could take their stock and, you know, cost them money and things like that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very high stakes. It can be. It very well can be. And to add to the the chat AI, I use it all the time. I love it. I love it. But um, I haven't, like, written an essay or anything with it. I more so use it. I, like, I write out the word, I mean, the paragraph already. And then, you know, since my writing is kind of sterile, since I'm a researcher by trade, you know, I say, make it more exciting. And so I'll, I'll have it rewrite it and make it exciting instead. Cause yeah, it, my writing would be boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, I totally understand. Yeah. It's, it's a really great tool. I actually, I mean, we all, um, that's something we're always talking about on my, my content team, content writing team at flying cat is, um, is how, how can we use it to save time and do research? Like it is a super helpful tool. So I don't want to like knock it and say like, you know, good writers don't use like, absolutely not. We, we're all using chat, chat GPT, but, um, but it's like, it still has like limits, thankfully. <laughs> but definitely, definitely. I will say that it's, it's been wrong on a, on a lot of things that I've input. So <laughs> Um, so I won't totally ever trust it. Um, and like you're saying, like, um, it, it definitely has its limits. So I, I will put that out there for anyone that's not thoroughly reading, you know, and trusting it. You have to read through it, you know, after, after it writes what it says it writes, um, because it's not, it's not always right. I will say that, um, here's one. Um, do you think that you should have been a content writer? Um, from the get-go um, instead of, you know, doing ESL? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, wow. Um, you know, that's like, there's that, like, that's like two sides of my personality. That's a very logical part of me. That's like, yes, I wouldn't have had all the suffering. I was like, but then I'm also really glad that I took the path I did because I, you know, I, there were so many wonderful things that came out of teaching um, and it did get me to this place. Um, I don't know where I would be if I had just started content writing from the, the get-go. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I don't, I don't have any regrets maybe I should say, but yeah, yeah, no regrets. <laughs> 
No, I understand when you say, you know, different, different brains. Um, Cause I, I, my podcast about myself is business brain versus tech brain. And, you know, my business side, oh, I love, you know, getting up in front of people and, you know, and doing presentations and uh, the writing part of it and the, the analysis and all that good stuff as, as an auditor. I, I did love audit, even though I, I didn't really care for accounting. <laughs> I hate accounting. Um, but the, I had to take those classes in order to get to, to audit. So there's that. Um, but the tech side is more so, Ooh, I want to sit in the corner, be by myself and just plug along and, you know, don't bother me. And I can, I can figure this out by myself. I don't need to work in a team or anything like that. Um, and I'm perfectly fine doing either or it just depends on my mood for the day. So, um, so yeah, um, I, I get you on that. And yes, I, I don't have any regrets at all. It's like, that's just what it was, you know, some things you can't pick and choose and just be happy with it because that's what it was. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, beautiful things came out of those, those trying times too. So yeah. Definitely, definitely. Last <laughs> question. Um, what are some like lasting tips and tricks, some advice that you can give someone that wants to, you know, switch their career and, you know, they might be a little bit scared or not where to, not, uh, you know, like a, a path to take or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I, it took me a long time to, to really get the courage to like really make a career change. Um, so you know, a lot of people, you know, might say, well, just like, just jump, just do it, which absolutely. Um, but for people who are more anxious, <laughs> like me, um, you know, talk to people who are doing what you want to do. Um, and, you know, ask how they got there, uh, you know, listen to different stories, um, and take what, you know, what resonates with you from those stories. Um, because my journey isn't going to work for everyone. Um, but I would also say like, um, some things that can apply maybe are, you know, if you specifically want to get into writing, um, content marketing, start by maybe writing about what you do know. That's kind of what I did. Like I started writing about my area of expertise so that that part wasn't stressful. It was the the writing and the content marketing part that I was learning on the way. Um, and so start by writing like what you know about. Um, you could, you know, start your own blog. You can pitch your, your services to, you know, someone who has a blog about something that's related to what you're interested in. Um, and yeah, and start learning that way. Um, and then another tip I would say is when you're ready to really make a change in your career, get really specific about what what you want to be, what you want to do, like um, like what job, like get specific about your job title, kind of thing, because um, as specific as you can, because that will help you um, narrow down who you, where you want to work, and like what kind of companies you want to work for. Um, like it really helped me when I was like, okay, I want to be, I want to be a B2B SaaS content 
writer. Like that helped me so much in my research process, in my, um, my application and, you know, well, I wouldn't say application process, more like my networking <laughs> and outreach process. Um, it helped me to have that, that B2B, you know, research under my belt at least. Um, and like if I had, you know, but if I had just been like, Hey, I want to write for your company without it, without that, like B2B, um, SAS, um, you know, some level of knowledge, uh, it would have been a lot harder to like, you know, impress anyone. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. Yeah. Get specific, um, as specific as you can. And that's a journey too. That, that takes research too, but yeah, that's, that's what I would say. No, definitely. You gotta, you gotta research. Um, <laughs> funny enough, um, I had someone jump in my inbox on Twitter and, you know, they were like, yeah, I want to be in tech. And I'm like, okay, which part? And they were like programming. So I'm like, okay, so what language are you trying to learn? And they were like, well, I speak English. And I'm just like, oh gosh. <laughs> I said, you, you've done no type of research because if you did, then you would know if I'm asking you what language are you trying to learn, you would know what I was talking about. And I'm like, please, please don't, don't ever hop in anybody's inbox like this again. Um, you know, just try to narrow it down just a little bit. Cause you know, as much as I, I, my business is called switching to tech. I kept it general for a reason. Cause I can do so many different things, but I mean, that really doesn't mean anything, you know, tech don't mean nothing. Um, just like I gave a <laughs> shout out to Salesforce, you know, that's just, that's a, like 1% of tech. Um, outside of that, you touched on so much, um, anxiety. Like I, I have anxiety, like people probably wouldn't even know. Cause I, I, I hide it probably well enough, but, um, I've, I've had panic attacks and stuff like that with my anxiety. So I have it bad. I, I don't know what my mm -hmm. triggers are. I'll just have one, but, uh, um, so yeah, I do all these crazy adventurous things, but my anxiety be like up here, like all the way up here. So, you know, you could take a, a page out of my book and my, my whole motto is, you know, you only live once and, you know, I'm going to get this money. <laughs> so I got to put all my feelings to the side and, you know, and, and get it done. Um, and there's one thing else you said, um, Narrowing it down. Yeah, narrowing it down because right now, I, you know, I'm, I'm in the beginning of my master's, but I have to come up with a capstone project. So I'm saying like, okay, well, what field do I want to focus on? You know, I could go back to my old field, audit and do something with that. You know, um, I've done insurance before, so I could focus on that. Um, you know, so it's like, please, please narrow it down and, and have a focus um, circling back to tech, you know? If you don't know, maybe practice dabble in it until you kind of figure it out. There's nothing wrong with spending a weekend and saying, you know, well, let me play with this and, you know, figuring out that you don't like it. Because <laughs> uh, time waits for no one. That's that's my other um, my other motto. Time waits for no one. So, you know, whether you get it done today or next week or six years from now, it's still going to be sitting there waiting for you. So, so yeah. Um, outside of that, Marta, uh, tell us where to find you. Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, and other than that, you know, uh, you can find 
me um, on <laughs> Flying Cat Marketing, or that's where I work, and um, that's our agency website. Um, and, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you, uh, Marta, for coming on the show. I reached out to her on on LinkedIn. <laughs> she was kind of skeptical at first. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Um, and, uh, thank y'all for listening or watching. Remember we're on Google podcast, Apple podcast. We're on Spotify, YouTube. Of course, if you're watching, please subscribe. And, uh, this is episode number 26. <laughs> we got four more to go and I'm close out the season. Cause then we'll be in June. No, I think, I think July. Yeah. July. I think my last episode will come out July 5th. So, um, by that time, it'll be summertime and y'all ain't trying to listen to me and I'm not trying to be here. So, um, so yeah, <laughs> thanks again. Oh, thanks so much. It's been such a pleasure.